You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 135 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm back after a quick little week off since Seattle on a little trip to check out the Seawolves-Giltinis match. It was a great weekend. Um, enjoyed a little rest and relaxation. Now I'm back. Got a big episode with Steve Tasker today, but before we jump into the interview portion of the show, I want to start off the show with the breakdown. The breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in World Rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. That's O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. So starting off the breakdown with some American Raptors updates. Um, if you've been following along at all, the Raptors are off to a 2-0 start after big wins over Ambach and Life West. They have the week off uh, this weekend before they head to L.A. to take on the Los Angeles Giltinis Academy at the Los Angeles Coliseum next week. I will be at that match, so expect a little bit more you know, news and content from me about that. Um, it's going to be fun. Looking forward to going on the trip. Looking forward to watching them play in person. This will be my first time seeing this iteration of the Raptors play, so excited about that. Um, in other news, David Still, former American Raptors, heading to Singapore with the USA Sevens next weekend. And Bax's an attack coach and friend of the program, Mose Timoteo, has been inducted into the United States Rugby Hall of Fame as of today. So congrats to Mose. Huge honor. Uh, very deserving. Great guy. He's done a lot for rugby in this country. I'm glad to see him get rewarded for it. So um, congrats to Mose. Congrats to David. And looking forward to a trip out to L.A. next weekend. So follow along for that. Moving to some Major League Rugby stuff. So Dallas Jackals, if you've been paying attention to Major League Rugby at all, you know, Dallas has a little bit of a situation on their hands, and I wrote about it in this week's grab bag. If you haven't read that, go back and check it out on ddnvr.com. But I overheard somebody talking about this situation with the Jackals last Saturday before uh, I watched the Seawolves match. The Seawolves were actually in Dallas the week before, so it's not surprising that they had heard some stuff. But I guess on the 20th, so two Saturdays ago, uh, a bunch of Jackals just walking along a, a big walkway, and it collapsed and nine of them suffered injuries as a result. They fell about seven feet, um, according to the statement that the Jackals put out. It confirmed that this thing actually happened and uh, really touched on how serious it all was. 
So thankfully, uh, no injuries were life-threatening, according to that statement. Uh, but like I said, nine players have been injured, and the severity of the injuries, you know, range from, I guess, in terms of time missed from, you know, a week or two or three, uh, all the way up to three plus months, which is not good, of course. Um, and it sounds like Ned Hodson and Henry Trinder seem to have taken the worst of the fall as they'll be out the longest. They probably won't play rugby again uh, this season, unfortunately. But uh, just like the statement said, you know, Jackal's general manager, Elaine Vassie, said the best possible news is that the injuries were life-threatening uh, and we wish them all the best in their journey back. So unfortunately for the Jackals now, this comes at a you know an inopportune time of the season where they're down nine players. Not many teams are built to withstand the loss of nine people at the same time. So they're out there already. They made a trade. They've already acquired three more players on short-term loans with other teams. So it's kind of cool to see other MLR teams helping them out, making sure that they have enough players to compete, get through the season. Um, and they're still looking for that first win. So obviously this is going to make it a little bit harder. Um, but I have a feeling everybody is kind of pulling for the Jackals, especially after this latest event. So uh, wishing them all the best in their in the speedy recovery. Um, hopefully they can pull out a win, you know, despite all this stuff that's gone on with them. Another thing I want to talk about, Major League Rugby Old Glory DC uh, announced on Tuesday that they've parted ways with their head coach, Andrew Douglas. Unfortunate because you never want to see anybody lose their job, but doesn't really come as a huge surprise given that Old Glory's record this season off to an 0-7 start with only one point in the table. Um, and it's MLR really has not wasted a whole lot of time, you know, in the short history they've proven that if the results aren't there, they'll part ways with the coach. And Andrew Douglas is just the latest example of that. So, again, was Andrew the best moving forward? Not a huge shock given everything that's happened with Old Glory DC this year. And now we'll see if that makes a difference. We'll see if that leads to uh, some wins and some more points in the table. Um, that's something else to watch for as we hit the half point of the season. That does it for the breakdown. So now we'll go ahead and jump into all the rugby you can watch, presented by Wintergreen. Uh, Wintergreen loves rugby and wants to support USA Rugby's mission of uniting an inclusive, passionate rugby community to grow the sport of rugby in America. Wintergreen's gels, creams, sprays, and soaks are made with wintergreen oil and other therapeutic natural oils that help to soothe and support sore muscles and joints to keep you at your best. Visit wintergreensport.com to purchase the products you need to help you prepare to win. So starting off with Major League Rugby Round 9. Got San Diego Legion at the Utah Warriors on Friday at 8 p.m. Some Friday Night Rugby at 1 is on the Rugby Network. I'll save all the Rugby Network ones for the end. I'm trying to be better about that, so sorry. Uh, next match, we got Rugby ATL at the Toronto Arrows. First back in The first match back in Toronto in three years. That's on Saturday at 10 a.m. Got Nola Gold at New England Free Jacks on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Old Glory DC at Rugby New York on Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, Dallas Jackals at the Los Angeles Guiltinis on Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, and then Houston Sabercats at Austin Gilgronies. we got the Texas Cup on Sunday at 5 p.m. That's on Fox Sports 2. All the rest of those matches are on the Rugby Network, so make sure you check those out. Uh, Premiership Rugby Sales Sharks for Saracens on Friday at 12.45 p.m. Worcester Warriors versus Newcastle Falcons, Glaster versus Wasps, Northampton Saints versus Bristol Bears, Exeter Chiefs versus Bath, and London Irish versus Harlequins. Uh, excuse me, that last one's on Sunday at 8 a.m. The rest of those are on Saturday at 8 a.m., and you can watch all of those matches on Peacock. Women's Six Nations is in full swing. We've got France versus Ireland on Saturday at 7.15 a.m., Wales versus Scotland on Saturday at 9.45 a.m., Italy versus England on Sunday at 8 a.m., 
catch those matches on Flow Rugby. And then rounding it off with some Super Rugby, we've got Highlanders versus Crusaders on Friday at 12.05 a.m. New South Wales Waratahs versus Fijian Drua on Friday at 2.45 a.m. Uh, on Saturday morning, we have Moana Pacifica versus the Blues at 12.05 a.m. Saturday. Brumbies versus Queensland Reds on Saturday at 2.45 a.m. And then the Chiefs versus the Hurricanes on Saturday at 9 p.m. Again, you can catch all of those matches on Flow Rugby. Now let's jump into the interview. This interview with Buffalo Bills legend Steve Tasker is brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouth guard revolution with American-made mouth guards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit guardlab.com. So I'm sure by, you saw it at the title of the, the podcast. You saw I talked about at the top of the show. Um, we had an awesome conversation with Buffalo Bills legend Steve Tasker. So if you're a Bills fan listening to this, maybe just saw his name dropping in. I'm sorry I did not ask about the Bills literally at all. Um, I, I, the reason I reached out to Steve Tasker is because he played rugby for one season at Northwestern right before he got drafted to the Houston Oilers. So uh, when, when this whole American Raptors, Colorado XO crossover thing started, I was looking for as many examples of crossover athletes as I could. You know, obviously the more notable ones ranked at the top of the list, but like with anything I do, I make a list of people I want to try to reach out to. You have tiers, right? the most realistic, the least realistic. And when I was looking at it, I thought Steve Tasker would be an awesome guest. Uh, and, I, and it turned out, you know, it happened. I'm, I'm glad that we made it work. Um, so I've actually been trying to get a hold of Steve Tasker for over a year. I reached out to the Bills back in January of 2021. Uh, didn't make much progress with that, but I kept on it. I kept thinking. I'm glad I got a hold of him, and I'm glad we had this awesome conversation. So I will say I ran into a little bit of technical difficulties in the middle of the interview. So when I asked the question about whether or not he believes that playing rugby made him better at football, he had a great answer. Um, had a little problem with the podcast board, and it's I, I tried to save it. I couldn't salvage it. Uh, so I, I'll leave as much of the answer in there as I can. Uh, so just be prepared for that. If it skips it, that's why. But I, I'm going to transcribe that answer. I'm working on a written piece, uh, stemmed a new idea from that. So with that introduction, please enjoy this conversation with Buffalo Bills legend and Big Ten rugby MVP, Steve Tasker. All right, now we welcome a very special guest onto the podcast. We have seven-time first-team all-pro selection, seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, the only special teams player to win Pro Bowl MVP, Buffalo Bills legend and host of uh, One Bills Live, Steve Tasker. Steve, how's it going? It's going good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. So, Steve, the reason I have you on, I don't, you know, I'm a Broncos fan, so I'm not, I'm not here to really talk about the Bills stuff. Um, I'm a, I brought you on because I was doing some research here. So when I reached out to you, I, I told you about this American Raptors thing where we're taking, you know, crossover athletes, elite, you know, guys that barely missed out on the NFL, and we're teaching them how to play rugby. So I've been trying to find examples of crossover athletes that exist in the world. And I found, I stumbled across you. I found that you were the MVP of the Big Ten Conference Rugby Tournament. You played rugby for one year in college at Northwestern. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I'm going to ask you the first question we ask every guest that comes on the show, then we'll talk about some rugby stuff. So, Steve, the first question I ask everybody is just can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? I grew up in western Kansas in rural Kansas. In fact, we grew up in Broncos country. Yeah. Um, so um grew up out there in a little small farming community and went to a community college to play football 
And then after the community college, I transferred to Northwestern University. And Dennis Green, a great coach of the Minnesota Vikings and later on with the Arizona Cardinals, he was my high school – I mean, he was my college coach there at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then at, I was there at three years. I was there for three full seasons at Northwestern. I played two years at Dodge City and then redshirted one year at Northwestern. And then uh, after my last – my fifth year, senior year – I was going to try and stay in shape for the uh, for the NFL draft. And back then it was a little bit different. We didn't have pro days and that kind of thing. So I wanted to stay in shape. So to do that, a couple of guys said, why don't you come out and play rugby with us? Because we train and do some stuff and you can keep your ball skills sharp and stuff. And I said, yeah. So I went out and played rugby uh, my the last semester of my fifth year, senior year in college. And uh, um it was it was a lot of fun a yeah. lot of fun we went to big 10 tournament and uh we lost to the fighting a lion eye and uh in the final uh but yeah i was mv i was the most valuable back in the big 10 tournament that year it was a, and it was an absolute blast and it's a memory i'll never forget that's awesome did it take you a lot of convincing like when they when they pitched you the idea where you're on board or did it take some you know feeling no, it out a little no. bit I was, you know, the only interesting, the only thing was I was really kind of more worried about getting injured or whatever and, and losing my chance to get drafted or at least be looked at. And I actually never really thought I'd be drafted. I thought I'd be, you know, a rookie free agent. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, I, I thought it'd be fun. And uh, it turned out to be exactly that. Yeah. I, a, uh, I had some regular concern. skills as a, yeah, I was a kick returner in, co- in uh, college football. And, uh, you know, obviously that, really translates well to to rugby yeah uh what position did you play i was a fullback yeah that's what i would have guessed if i had to pick one um and i and i figured too like and i guess i can ask a little bit later in the in the conversation so um did you know anything about it before you played though like when when i knew absolutely nothing nothing. i knew nothing about (laughs) rugby nothing Uh, i had a real patient coach and some guys who had obviously had a lot more experience than i did uh uh, you know, they were real patient with me, taught me and stuff. And I remember too, uh, you know, we, you know, we were down even in the big 10 tournament. I mean, I don't, I only really played, I only played like probably seven full matches in my whole career there wow. at Northwestern. And uh, we're in the big 10 tournament. I think we're playing, uh, I think we're playing Purdue or something in one of the quarterfinals and, and they get a free kick and it's right down on our, right near our, our line, you know, right. They're almost to score. Mm-hmm. They got a free kick and I, I was asking questions. Right I go, listen, so as soon as he touches the ball with his foot, because they were going to, you know, just do a foot touch and, yeah, yeah. you know, Quick take it off. Right. So I said, as soon as he touches it with his foot, I can go. And one of my teammates goes, yeah, yeah, you can, you know. I said, okay. So was, he did it. And, you know, I, I exploded across the line and took him out. They ended up kicking the ball or fumbling the ball forward, knocking the ball forward into our end zone. Um. Uh, and it was kind of a scrum. We ended up, they tossed it back to me. I was in our own end zone uh-huh. and I, and I kicked it out. I, you know, punted it out of there and you know, everybody was on side. Well, they weren't on side then, yeah. but when I punted it, I took off running. I was by far the fastest guy on our team. <laughs> I outran everybody, put everybody on side, um, got the ball again at the other end, Yeah. punted it again. And ended up getting a try at the far end. So, uh, you know, it, so it was one of those kind of things. And I, that was, and so the, the point I was saying it is I had to ask if it was okay if I actually got across the line on a quick touch. Yeah. And he said, yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. So, 
That's awesome. It ended up it ended up being a, in a try for us, so it was the, good. There's a saying in rugby, Steve, that the, a kick is only as good as its chase, and, and you're a yeah. guy that I would like to have chasing down some kicks. I'm sure you. Can. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny because I yeah I mean, yeah I ended up chasing kicks in the NFL for a long long yeah. time, but uh, <laughs> that might have been the best kick ever because I'm the one who kicked it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, do you? This is a question I like to ask some some people that have played some rugby, Steve. Is like, do you remember when? Um, rugby was fun. Like, do you remember like a specific moment where there being a training or maybe in a match, like you score a first try or something? Like, do you remember the moment that it clicked for you that that rugby was pretty fun? Yeah, I think it was our first match. I think it was against Northern Illinois. Um, we had practiced pop-ups, you know, where you punt it to yourself just over the top of a guy, right, and just and run it, just a short kick, right, and yeah. uh, and I actually had a chance, and I and I. And I got the ball. I ran through a gap, and there was a one guy there, and and it, the the fun part was that you know I did I got by the guy and scored. But the fun part of it was thinking back. I said, man, oh man, I wish I would have popped up. You know what I mean? I wish I would have done that. Um, the ability to do things with the football with the ball mm-hmm. were you, know, you can be so much more creative. And I remember thinking too, that it was the mistakes that I made where I went back and thought about the guys, you know, they were coaching me up and giving me all these ideas. It was going back and thinking I could have done that there and that there and that there and getting better so fast. Cause I had never played. So right. I improved by leaps and bounds. And I think that was the fun part for me. It was getting better so fast at football, you know, because it takes so many guys, to play and it's you know it's just different strategies and all of that it's hard to get opportunities to improve you know right. to do to go through the same the same situation again and again in rugby it happened a little bit more often because you know you touch the ball so much more often possibly mm-hmm. you know and 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 it, it was just so fun for me to see myself improve so fast and by leaps and bounds that you know it'd been a it, you played football for so long that the improvements were smaller yeah. in that in rugby, they were leaps and bounds. And that was a lot of fun for me to get better so fast. Yeah. That's an interesting way to put it. I you know talking to a lot of football guys now that have played, you know, football their entire life and guys that have had stints in the NFL. Um, nobody's really given that answer. So that's pretty interesting. Um, I guess too, I was going to ask, was there a big adjustment to playing with no pads? Like, did that take you a little bit to get used to that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I did have some things to learn because the, the, you know, in rugby, it's a, it's a contact sport and the, and it's a little more brutal because it, it, it stings more, mm-hmm. um, because the, you know, the hits and stuff are, you know, you get scraped and you get whacked on your knees and your, your joints and stuff. There's nothing protecting you. And that's, that's the one thing you got to get used to. And the, and the tackles at that, it's, it's changed a little bit too. I mean, the NFL is a little bit more like that now it's more of a tackling league now than it was a collision sport it used to be a collision sport yeah uh when i was playing now it's more of a tackling league a little bit more along the lines of rugby mm-hmm. where you grab the guy and pull him down rather than than knock him off their feet uh, although both things happen so yeah i it was a big adjustment for me um but uh it was one that was a lot of fun to to make like i said it was fun to to get better at it for sure uh do you think it helped make you a little bit better of a football player and the reason I ask is because like we have you know a lot of guys that come to this American Raptors program uh they use it as just a way to stay in shape you know you're running around a lot you're you're doing a lot of different stuff you're being physical you know you're tackling regularly 
Um, and, and actually, like coming here to to take part of this rugby program has has created some opportunities. There's a guy that came here last year, played scrum half for three or four months, got picked up by the the L.A. Chargers, and was returning kicks for the Chargers last year, named Michael Bandy. Um, and then a couple other guys I know getting some USFL opportunities, and they kind of attribute some of those opportunities because they've been here, you know, for a year <clears throat> making tackles and being physical, and you know, not necessarily just practicing exercises. Yeah, for me, I think the, the the beauty of it was it was really great training for my special teams play in the NFL. The fact that you have to be mentally nimble enough to play offense one moment, defense the next moment, uh, is one of the things that translates into NFL play. Yeah. Um, especially on special teams, because in, in the NFL, the only time you deliberately give the ball to your opponents on a special teams play, and that's what rugby is constantly. Yeah. Uh, change of possession, uh, contact at the end of the play. Uh, and then switching, making the switch from, you know, going after the ball to waiting for the ball to come to you. So it was, um, yeah, I think rugby is one big giant special teams play, and it really helped me in my mindset in the NFL. Yeah, and I can imagine that's what I was going to ask you about too, is just, you know, being the special teams ace that you were, like that is like the perfect rugby player, like high work rate, you, you're a utility man, you can do a little bit of everything. Uh, so I'm glad that we touched on that too. Steve, do you get asked about your rugby days very much? Do I what? Do you get asked about your rugby days very much? Do you get asked these uh, questions? Once in a while, I yeah. think a lot of people find it very interesting that I, that I did that. Um, and, you know, a lot, I, you know, some of my football teammates, they talk about it and they are, they are, absolutely they they're like you did what like <laughs> because they you know it's the because of the injury risk you're right uh for me um there's a lot of pain in rugby but there's fewer injuries if you know what i mean yeah uh, i know exactly what it's you're a it's about. a it's a it's a sport that hurts bad to play and play well uh in football uh it doesn't sting so much uh, as though as maybe sometimes your body gets broken mm-hmm. um and it, i don't know if this the subtle difference there is clear enough but football's a dangerous sport rugby's just a sport that's painful yeah i think that makes perfect sense is a brilliant way to put it cuz i do i think i feel like that's been the case just in my personal experience and in seeing some of these other stuff because i think part of it too is you're not getting hit with you know hard plastic helmets and and stuff like right. that. And, and, yeah, and there like, are no weapons out there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and rugby, too, like you're saying, football is kind of making the transition to where it's a, a tackle getting more away from the collision. And that's kind of how, you know, rugby has been for a little bit is you're not necessarily trying to, to blow somebody up. It's more like, okay, I need to get this guy down so I can, you know, steal the ball. Right. Uh, and while you say, you know, there is still some big hits, but you're a little more, you know, hesitant to, to really lay into somebody because it's going to hurt you, too. Oh. Right, exactly. So, Steve, one of the last questions I want to ask you before I let you go, and, and I'm very much enjoying the conversation, so thank you so much again for jumping on with me. So, yeah. Steve, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess last December, I've been, I was working on this piece for three or four months um, about the lateral. And so I, I'm taking a look at, you know, some of the work that the Seahawks have done with the Hawk tackle, which, you know, derived from rugby tackling and some of the rugby punts, and, and this thing's kind of spilled into maybe the next evol- evolution of football. Um, and that's like in terms of rugby offenses. So do you think that we'll ever see a day where, you know, rugby attacking concepts are implemented into a football offense? And by that, I mean, you kind of see it a little bit now, but once you get yeah. passed down the line of scrimmage, you're kind of running set plays where, you know, that you're passing it laterally or running switches or something like that. Yeah, here's the thing. And I, and I think it's really interesting because 
Um, I've thought many times that uh, I think the next thing you'll see is that there's always this desperation play at the end of the game where they lateral it and lateral it and lateral it. And Mm -hmm. that to me is rugby. And if you've got guys that are trained in rugby, um, that desperation play could be implemented and coached up um, right now at the be- right now you would see it at the end of games or at the end of a half where they're going to try and get us they've got to get a score or the game is going to end mm-hmm. and you see guys trying to just keep the ball alive uh, of course in football it's one of those sports where the ball can be dead you know it's dead every 15 seconds you know yeah. because a play runs and it stops and they stop start again the object is at the end of the game you got to keep it going because the clock is going to run out I've always thought that that would be a spot where a rugby type formation would really lend itself to being good um, at the end of a game. Uh-huh. Uh, meaning, um, you know, if I was an NFL team, I would take <laughs> I would take all the offensive linemen off the field yeah. and put athletes on the field. That's an interesting line them yeah. line them up as a center guard tackles, but they're all athletes because you're not going to throw the ball. You're not going to block for a running game anyway. Exactly. You need guys that can handle the ball and run. So, you know, I put all those guys out there and get the ball into a spot and start lining up like a rugby field. Um, The problem is an NFL field, there's not much room when you get guys that are 6'5", 300 out there, or even 6'2", 190, guys that can really run. You run Mm -hmm. out of room really fast. But the concept is there, and I think a rugby rugby line, a lateral line, is exactly what the NFL – We'll see, I think, soon. That's super interesting because like, I know you saw, I mean, just watching some of the playoff games last year, you could kind of see it. And this, I'll send you this article if you want to check it out. I put a bunch of different clips from, you know, the Cowboys, I think, in that first playoff game that they ended up losing. They ran two kind of like switches where they would run a drag with a receiver and then another receiver would drag across right underneath them. And they would just kind of right. toss them ball a little misdirection. Chiefs did a little bit of this last year where they would take – you know, Kelsey would run a drag and then he would catch it and spin it out to somebody on the sideline. Um, but I like asking people that because, you know, everyone has a different idea. Like I, for this piece, I talked to a bunch of different high school coaches down here in the Denver area, talked to a college offensive coordinator, talked to a couple of guys that played in the, in the league that have, you know, have some experience with rugby and nobody gave out your idea, but that's a brilliant idea. And, and it was funny too, because I went into it kind of expecting people to say, oh, that will never work or that's not that. But you can see the wheels turning in people's head. They'll be like, you know, I think like there's something to that. There's there's situations in a game like this is maybe not your, you're not opening a, a your first drive of the game with it. But like you said, at the end of the half or the end of the game where, you know, you need to get some points, maybe you're down a little bit, running this play and seeing what happens. So, right, exactly. Yeah, and just give yourself a chance. Yeah, and so I guess how much – I have two more questions off of that is, like, what level do you think we'll see it at first? Like, do you think it'll be a high school level or maybe, like, a low college? Um, and then the next question would be, like, how, how hard do you think that would be to implement? Like, how much time – if you spent 10 minutes a day practicing that, you know, a certain part of practice, like, is that something that's doable? Because I know there's practice limits and stuff. Certainly, like that. yeah, that's – time is of the essence. But I think if you started at early – and you wouldn't use it every week or whatever, but I, I do think that if, the, if there's a head coach that would allow you to do it um, and the concept would – I think the concept is sound. Uh, but – you know, it would, it, yeah, it would take a commitment. Plus it would only come up, um, not even, not more than two times a year, if that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the other team would have to be prepared for it because they'd have some big, heavy bodies out there trying to chase guys around and that would put them at a disadvantage. Uh, right. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's interesting. 
It's interesting. We got to get Christian know. Wade. I think you'll see it. You'll see it. Yeah, Christian Wade. We got to guess Christian Wade. He's, he's got to implement yeah, it for us. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly it's perfectly suited for him. But you'd have to get guys uh, a coaching staff. I think it'll happen at the higher levels rather than the lower levels first. In this case, in yeah, this case, that makes sense. No, I, I you know, I think because you got guys idea. who have done. You've got guys who have done it. You yeah. know, and I think you know. I mean. We're, I think offensive linemen in the NFL, we're not talking, you know, have the hands of a Stephon Diggs or something, but they can catch like they're athletes. They can move like you were saying. Um, I think in, especially if you get the ball in their hands 10, 15 minutes a day, just kind of having like a little fun, you know, run around conditioning drill exactly. or something like could be could be possible. Yeah, uh, it could be. So, Steve, that's all the questions I had for you. I was going to say uh, thank you thank you again for, for jumping on. I really enjoyed the conversation. I re- actually reached out to the Bills at uh, the beginning of January 2021, kind of pitched this idea. Uh, the PR people didn't help me out too much, so I'm glad that you tracked me down because I was going <laughs> to have to call into your radio station. I was, I was getting all that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, call in any time. No worries. Okay. Thank you so much, right, Steve. Man. Thanks, Colton. Talk to you. Bye-bye. All right, I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Buffalo Bills legend Steve Tasker. Big thank you to Steve for carving some time out of his busy day. Come chat with me about the one season he played rugby. Uh, Turned out great. I had a great time talking to him. Looking forward to catching up with him again, hopefully one day, um, and asking him some more rugby questions. So hopefully you enjoyed that. I certainly did. Now let's jump into the required reading. Required reading is brought to you by Gilbert. Gilbert is the official rugby equipment supplier to the American Raptors. Visit worldrugbyshop.com to grab all of your Gilbert rugby gear. This one's kind of weird. I didn't see anything that really blew me away this week. But Premier Rugby 7's announced their summer schedule. They're actually going on a little bit of a tour throughout the month of July. So they have three different events scheduled. So go check all that out on pr7s.com. That'll be required reading. You can read the website and watch some videos. Now I'll move into the stat of the week. The stat of the week is presented by Catapult. Catapult is committed to making performance technology available to athletes at all levels, whether it's the biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players. Catapult helps monitor performance like the pros. For more information, visit catapultsports.com. So, I've been kind of scraping by some non-rugby-related stats these last couple of weeks, but I actually have some American Raptors stats now that they've played matches. Uh, so this is what I'm going to talk about. Mikey Grandy, friend of the program, Mikey Grandy. If you haven't listened to that episode back from November or early December, go check it out. Uh, Mikey Grandy has racked up 22 tackles through the first two matches of the season for the Raptors. He had nine against Ombach in week one, and then last week he had 13 against Life West. So he's been a tackling machine. If you know anything about Mikey, he kind of he played junior college called San Mateo, uh, transferred to Texas, was supposed to play offensive line, ended up having some concussion problems, um, discovered rugby this last year, and he's really he's really looking good as the time goes along. He's really picking up the game. Obviously, he's a tackling machine, so it'll be fun to see in person, and it'll be interesting to total it all up at the end of the season. We'll go ahead and close the show with the loop. The loop is brought to you by First Bank. First Bank is the official banking partner of Infinity Park. They believe in banking for good, doing their best to do right by their customers, communities, and employees. Banking for good, member FDIC. Follow along with everything we've got going on at DNVR Rugby on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show today. I really don't have anything else to promote, so just keep it locked, I guess, on those Twitter channels for all the content, all the updates next week when I'm in L.A. with the team. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a review. I would appreciate that. That helps me out more than you know. 
that's my show for the week. So thank you to everybody for listening. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the matches this weekend. We'll catch you all back here next Friday.